Welcome to the Student Ministry Matters podcast. We want to encourage, equip, and connect those with a passion to impact the next generation for Jesus Christ. Student ministry can be a lonely place. You might even feel like you're the only one in your church or community that cares about students. Well, know this, you're not alone. People all across the country are engaging Gen Z and care deeply about the spiritual direction of these young men and women. Whether you're full-time, part-time, bivocational, or volunteer, if you have a heart for students, this is the place for you. Welcome to the podcast. We are thrilled that you've chosen to download and listen as we continue the conversation about student ministry. My name is Dan Carson, and on tonight's podcast, we're going to be talking about some insights about the family. Uh, We are really excited. This is actually our 50th episode. It's hard to imagine that when we started in February of 2020 that we were going to end up at this point. I didn't think that we would ever get past 10, let alone 25, and now we're at 50. But I have a special guest with us. Her name is Kat Carson. And you may notice there's a similarity there. Uh, My name's Dan Carson. Uh, She's my daughter, and I'm just thrilled that she's going to be on the podcast with us. She is a sophomore at Central Baptist College in Conway. She is in the Central Singers, and then she is the online editor of the uh, Tower Media. And we're just thrilled to have her as we talk about the family and about student ministry. And that's what we're going to be discussing uh, today, the family and student ministry. On a previous episode, we had David and Margaret Bronson, and they were talking about marriage and student ministry, and I wanted us uh, to hear from Kat. Kat grew up in my home, obviously, and she has this opportunity to to share some insights being a, a preacher's kid. And so, Kat, it is great to have you on the podcast. Well, thank you. I'm actually really happy to be here with you, Dad. Well, it is, um, again, it is uh, great that she's on here. I'm excited about this because she survived. She survived (laughs) growing up in a preacher's home. And um, both of my kids have done a great job. They want to serve God. They want to make his name known among the nations. And, uh, you know, a lot of times I think, well, are we doing things right? And the end result is often what we're looking at. And I'm just excited to, to know more about their future as we go forward. But I wanted them to share a little bit. But before we get to that, you know, we start each week with Chris and Micah and myself. And we start with a random question of the week. And so, you know, of course, I know my daughter. She has been around me all her life. But you guys don't know her. She is a girl who likes fandoms. <laughs> that is kind of putting it mildly, isn't yeah. it, Kat? Um, she's like different things. And so I want to ask, what is your greatest fandom? What is that area that you like the most? Like out of my entire life or just the current situation? What is currently your biggest fandom? Well, right now I'm kind of split between the two with um, throughout quarantine, I picked up Criminal Minds of all things. And so I just finished binging all of that, which has been really cool. And it's actually been really educational in a lot of ways. Maybe not on good things to learn, but that's been something I've learned. How to avoid serial killers? Yes, or if I ever chose to become one, I guess. But I'd like to think that that's not what I'm going to pick up from it. But then also with... The Mandalorian just ending, you raised 
a Star Wars loving household. And I just, the Mandalorian kind of ended me and I'm ready for next year already. Well, she is right. I did raise a Star Wars fan um, in our house. We love Jesus. We love each other. And we love Star Wars. And Amen. In that order. Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> We're not going to reverse that. And you can freeze me in carbonite until Mandalorian Season 3 comes out. True. Yeah. Yeah. Well, again, we want to talk about growing up in a youth pastor's home. Uh, we want to talk about some of those things that Kat encountered, some of the blessings, some of the curses, you know, some of the, the hard things. And then I want to give Kat the opportunity to really just speak to you, the student ministry worker, so maybe some insights, some things that she could share with you that maybe you have a two or three year old and you're thinking, okay, how am I going to navigate this? I had the privilege of being Kat's youth pastor. I had the privilege of being my son's youth pastor. Um, that was not always the easiest thing, but it was uh, the life that we had, and we enjoyed that, I think, for the most part. Right, Kat? Oh, yeah. When oh. you look at it overall, it's definitely, I have a lot more positives than I ever had regrets about anything. There you go. And so, again, I'm going to open this up to her, and if she says something negative, that's okay. Uh, and it's, <laughs> I mean, negative about me. Um, you know, I there are things that I could have done better. And there I know that as a student ministry work, you're trying to navigate. Some of you are starting that process where your kids are going from fifth to sixth grade or sixth to seventh grade. They're about to enter the youth group and you're like, well, does that mean that I'm out, that I just need to be done? And I want to tell you that no, yeah. um, this is a great opportunity for you to grow, uh, for you to really invest in your student and students need uh, not just your students, the people that are in your house, but the people in your youth group, they need to see families that interact and interact well together. A hundred percent. Yeah. So let me ask you, Kat, let's go ahead and start with uh, what were some of the blessings of growing up in either a preacher's household, um, growing up in the student pastor's household? What were some good things about it? I mean, like you just mentioned, you talked about people needing to see families um, together in youth and in those things. That was probably one of the coolest things was to watch you serve and to learn from an incredibly young age what it means to be a servant and to know what a servant's heart looks like. Because, you know, you say a lot, are we doing this right? And, you know, I like to think you are because I think y'all are great parents. But then again, you know, I am biased, but... I know that watching you serve taught me so much about what it looks like. I know that another really cool part about it is I have always had the most approachable parents out of any of my friends. Like, everybody loves Dan and Temple. Y'all are just always a hit with my people, and it's because of the hearts. It's because y'all have been in ministry for so long and with people my age, and so it was never a, how do I handle this? How do I go about it. Part of it is just my personality, but you have never embarrassed me. I don't think ever. <laughs> Not for lack of effort, but <laughs> just, that's just, I was very thankful to have watched you serve. And then with that, you know, part of it, I'll later talk about how sometimes it was not as much of a fun thing, but I was always serving. I grew up in a church serving from the time the door was open till the time that it was being locked up, I was there, and we were always doing something. 
And that's something that I've actually struggled with going to college um, away from home. It's just not as much not having opportunities to serve because there's always places to serve, but not having an automatic in. And just I think that's something that is so important that you teach your children while you're in ministry is just, hey, you know, this isn't always going to be there. This is find your, you know, your spiritual gift, find how you work in the church so that when you leave, you have access to that and you know where you're going. You know, I, I think there are two two other kind of blessings <clears throat> that, that you haven't mentioned yet. Uh, one is that now, as a almost 20-year-old, you know how to speak to adults. Oh, yeah. And a lot of, a lot of people your age may struggle with that on occasion, but being the child of a preacher, a child of a counselor, <laughs> you, you have the ability to speak to adults and communicate well um, in a lot of situations. And so I think that that's, that's definitely one thing. I think another, and again, this is in that blessing as well as a curse type of situation, the people of the church know you. Yeah. And they will be praying for you. You know, where I'll have students in my student ministry that they may not even know who some of the people in the church are. And a lot of the people in church may not know who they are, but they always know who my kids are. Yeah. <laughs> and so, and again, that's a blessing. That's a curse. Uh, but are there any other benefits or blessings that you can think of, of, of being a part of the youth pastor's family? I mean, even just what you said about, you know, having that communication, that has been so big in my life that has led me to being so good at interviews it I definitely owe I think my scholarship to the way y'all raised me and a lot of that is being the pastor's kid and the counselor's kid and being good at communicating because a lot of my scholarship is outreach and you know helping kids and talking to people who want to go to my school and I love that and I mean one of my majors is communications y'all did an incredible job raising me and Riley to know how to talk to people and that was so huge and that's something that not only helps in the church but in all aspects of my life and then like you said the relationships when um I mean you grow like at least in your ministry I, we grew up at a church right so that entire time I knew everyone there and like you said everyone knew me which was great a lot of the time and I mean we'll talk about how it was rough later but I always knew everyone and I knew I I just knew people I knew how to talk to them I knew who I could approach I knew that if we needed help and if I needed prayer if I needed money for a mission trip I knew that people would be willing to do that and even when we went over to Calvary later it was just you know, we came in the later years of my high school. And so there's still some times that I'm like, okay, I know that person. Remind me of their name. But they always know me. And I know that they will always have a love for me because of the love they have for you. And that has been so cool to watch that. And to know that no matter where you're going or wherever you and mom are in your ministry now or in the future, we will always be accepted with love because you... And I mean, not all ministries are perfect and not all of them are going to be like this all the time, but I'm thankful enough to have been most of the time in situations where people just extend so much love to our family. Yeah. Yeah. There has been a lot of 
of love shown and expressed, um, whether it's gifts or questions, prayer. Uh, they're just people uh, like to care for the pastors yeah. that are there. Uh, but, you know, we also have listeners that are volunteers. They have kids that are in the youth group or that maybe they're the volunteer student ministry worker period. They're the lead. And it is still that case where many will know who they oh, are. Oh, 100 percent. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let me ask, okay, because you've already kind of alluded to it. Um, what are some of the challenges that you face as being the the preacher's kid or being the, the student ministry worker's child? It's with all pastors and with all workers and any role you're in, whether, you know, it's paid or not in ministry, you have expectations for you and your family. If people see you and they see your name attached to the church in any way, they have ideas of what they think you're going to look like. And um, I'm, I'm, I mean, you asked me about, you know, what I like at the start of this, and I was talking about a true crime show and, yeah. you know, about nerdy stuff. And I'm, I'm obviously very different, and that's something that I sometimes struggled with because I'm a very bold person, and I know that. And I know that growing up for me, it was a little bit challenging because in a lot of ways, me and Riley weren't the stereotypical, you know, pastor's kids. I feel like in a lot of ways, we weren't going to... We, I mean, we were always serving in the church, but we're very different. I mean, we're just different kinds of people. We're very unique in a lot of ways. And that was something I struggled with is people had a lot of expectations for me, not only in my behavior. They expected me to, you know, be very reserved and sweet and to, like, dress with, you know, the sweaters and the scarves. <laughs> not always, but that kind of idea that they had expectations for us in the way we dressed too, but also in Awanas and in memory memorization for different things. And even going into college, I say that I'm a PK are like, you, you know, some of the professors at the school, right? Because they're just fellow pastors and they hear our names, me and some other of my pastor kid friends, they have expectations for us because we were raised in it. So we should know it, which has been, which I will go back to one of the blessings of that I was raised in it. So I do think I have a definite scripture knowledge, but that's not just from you because I also have pastor's kid friends and worker friends that definitely do not because they didn't have that drive. But that's something that y'all did really well that I do know my stuff a lot of the time. However, I feel a lot of pressure to be serving in a church and um, I just feel like and everybody should, but a little bit more than a lot of my friends that I know I struggled for a time to feel like I had to have a specific calling in my life. And I'm lucky enough that, um, you know, I always have felt like I had a calling. I feel called to do missions and that was not influenced by that. But from a very young age, people expected me to go into ministry and just kind of because you know how it is. And whether it's I'm going into ministry or I'm going to marry a pastor or something like that. Yeah, it just yeah. was always expected. Another struggle with it um, is, I mean, there were trips we went on that I loved. I loved going to like 
SOAR, which is our youth um, conference in the BMA um, for teens. I loved going to that and having those experiences with you. But I know there were also times that I wanted to talk to somebody about these things I was struggling with. And, you know, in those periods of my life where I wasn't as, you know, sound when I was developing my faith and truly making it my own when, you know, everybody experiences doubt. And I didn't feel like I could as a pastor's kid. I didn't feel like I could open my mouth and talk about it. I'm thankful that, you know, that's why if you are listening and you're a worker, you are the key, I'd say, in a lot of ways to this. And if you're a pastor and you're looking or you're even just in charge of the ministry and you're looking for the future for your kids, just having workers or having people at the church who your kids are going to have access to, to be able to talk to. Just because a lot of these things are... I, I have always felt extremely comfortable with you and mom but again half of the time we were on these things and I mean it's different from when you're at home versus when you're at the church because it is your job so I'd say you know you are the same person I mean you're you and you loving Christ doesn't change whether you're in a church building or whether you're at home and I see that everywhere and just how much of a godly man you are however I mean I'd hear you're my dad I know that I have your response or I have your attention versus 20 other kids. Right. Right. Well, you know, one of the things that I think is, and this kind of falls into the blessing side of it. Um, but you mentioned having other people to talk to. Mm-hmm. And I want, that was one of the great things about in a previous ministry that we were at, at Temple Baptist Church in Rogers was the fact that you had ladies there that just kind of said, hey, you're my people, and they would talk to you, and you mm-hmm. could talk to them, whether it was Elaine Simpson or Miriam Ketron or Laura O'Connor, uh, just to name a few. Yeah, uh, Those were powerful influences in your life. And so I think that side was a blessing, and but without it, I think it would be a, a challenge. You know, you need that little extra, that person outside of the home. If you're if you're if you're serving as the youth pastor and your wife is in that ministry then you have a a student who who is out of your home who is coming up into there they need somebody else yeah 100% yeah and yeah. i know that often that isn't always the case and a lot of students aren't like me and they don't have people who have that those women those adults who want to claim you basically and just say you're mine but right but i think that's something that that's where it gets really hard right is because you can't force your child to go out and to change their personality again that's part of mine is just i'm a very loud person and i will talk and i know that (laughs) that helped with me making those relationships but i know that those women i mean the people you just listed, one of them helped me get saved. And then one of them helped me come to the realization that I was being called to ministry. And another one helped me during some of the hardest points of my life. I mean, these were just, no matter where I am in the world or whatever point of my life, I will always think back to not only, you know, the things that I heard you say, like, love God, love people, make disciples over and over when we were growing up. But, um, I'll also think of those people who 
stayed after on Sundays mm. because they knew we were going to be there longer. Yeah. Or they'd keep me company in the office while you were doing something. And they'd just talk because, I mean, whether they were in ministry themselves or they had been at some point in their life, they just knew. And that is a spiritual gift for those people and a definite calling, I think, on their behalf. But those people really are needed. Or I, I needed them in my life for sure. Yeah, definitely. I mean... I'm I'm just so thankful for them, uh, the three that I mentioned, for the others in our lives that have stepped in, and whether it was um, some godly men yeah. that were there for your brother, um, it's just mm. that's a incredibly powerful thing, you know. So there there's a lot of blessings. I mean, really, there is. We get to spend time together. Uh, as I took you guys on mi- trips, student ministry trips. I got to go and I got to be a yeah. part of that. So we it, we encountered that some of those things as a family in which others don't have that that same sort of thing. Um, but again, uh, there are some some challenges, unique challenges. You mentioned a lot about expectation expectations of the church and then some things that were that probably were more self-inflicted. You were oh. trying to live <laughs> up to standards and live up to this this picture that you had in your mind. Um, but as we get to this this last section that I wanted us to cover, you know, I want you to think about if if you're gonna talk to somebody who is listening on the listening to the podcast, that they they have kids that are, hey, maybe they're two or three, or maybe they are in uh, ten, you know, and, and youth group isn't that far away or, you know, any range, or even maybe there are some that are listening today that don't have any kids at all, but they think, oh, well, one of these days I might have kids. And am I still yeah. going to be able to be a youth pastor <laughs> while that goes on? And and I want you to, to, to hear me. You can be a youth pastor even when your kids are in the youth group. There are unique challenges. There are things that you have to be mindful of, but we can be involved in that process. Um, And so what I wanted to do was to give Kat an opportunity to speak to to you, who is a student ministry worker, who's a youth pastor, who is a uh, staff member, who is a volunteer, and say, okay, here are some things that I would suggest, um, ways to either treat your child in the student ministry or some things that you can make sure that you're doing um, I just wanted to give her kind of that, I wanted you to be able to peer into, into her mind and that can be a scary place. Yeah, maybe not the best, <laughs> but I, there is some good thoughts. Yeah. I'd like to think. Oh no, there's lots of good thoughts. <laughs> you know what? One of the things that I always kid, um, my daughter about is the fact that she uses all of the words. Every single one of them. Every single. She's done this since she was 18 months old. She has spoken in full sentences since then. Um, she uses all of the words. So I'm sure she's got some words for us today. <laughs> you think? Well, you are in fact correct. Okay. <laughs> Almost like you asked me to. Yes. Um, I mean, a lot of them we covered. So I, I had like a short list. Yeah, but... we'll uh, kind of recap on those that we've yeah. covered already though. So I know that... I mean, I can't imagine all situations and I know that it's difficult for some people, but if it's possible, you know, have someone there, have people investing in your kids, 
as early on as possible. Just, and that's no matter if you're a parent or not, or even if you're a worker, find kids even before they get into the youth group that you're pouring into. But that's important no matter what role you're in at the church is you always need to be pouring into people. But having, making sure your kids are connected with people. Okay. That, that is huge. And, um, I mean, that meant the world to me. Like you said, that meant the world to me and Riley. Even John and Laura, who, uh, O'Connors, who were someone you mentioned, but they just, they, they were some of your student workers who, um, they just, they took an, I think part of it is because both of them grew up kind of around ministry, but, um, they knew that we were going to need some extra love and some extra, you know, they always told us you can call literally any time because they knew that y'all were that for other people in the same way that we knew you were that for us, but it's different. And so if that's a possibility, that would be great. Um, and I started it at first, but you know, I, I think y'all lived such a good example for us. And I think that is one of the biggest ways that you can do it in it's this way with everything though if you show your child okay i'm not a parent so i can't give parenting advice that's maybe that's not what i'm yes trying to do. we want to put that disclaimer out there right now i am she, 19 <laughs> she is 19 uh she is giving you advice from a uh well i don't want to say a child because you're not really a child anymore but uh the but i'm from, not a parent <laughs> you're not a parent you are a a PK, yeah. you know, a preacher's kid. That's the insight that she's giving you. So with that said, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the biggest thing, so I guess I should phrase it like that, then the best thing you guys did for us was living by example is just, it's everything. If, I mean, we learn mannerisms, we learn traits, we learn everything from our parents, whether we realize it or not. I mean, I went to college and people were like, you are your mother. And <laughs> it's all funny, but I mean, it's the truth. And if you put out a good example and if you come home with that same energy of, hey, I love my job and it's not always pretty, y'all know, and it's not always going to be pretty. And that's going to be hard in the house sometimes because it's not always, especially when it's not fun for your ministry I think the thing that we often forget or maybe like don't clump it together as much is it you being a pastor, yes, that was your ministry, but that was our families. We were with you. We were going to go wherever you were. And I still feel that way. You know, I'm, I'm a part of your ministry until I'm not. Right. And, right. and that's huge and so if you're living and if ultimately there's going to be a lot of good there's going to be a lot of bad but if you are living with that passion for christ in every situation of hey this sometimes isn't great but this is why we're doing this i love these kids i love these people then that's going to show and that's something that's going to be learned i mean both me and riley are going into fields that are related to you and moms in some way or another because we saw hey what y'all do even if it sucked sometimes, there was a lot of cool with it. I mean, yeah. enough that we wanted to go into it. We talked about this yeah. the other night. And then along those similar lines, I mean, just having a good balance of family is so important. Just, you know, I think you mentioned it on another podcast a couple weeks ago, but 
or I've seen it on social media lately that you put that be at all of your child's concerts and games if possible. Be at those things because at the end of the day, you can be a strong worker, you can be a strong pastor, but if you're coming home to something that's fragmented, it's going to be hard to have that energy. You and mom... I am incredibly blessed to to say that y'all were at every single one of my concerts for years upon years. And that's something I know not everybody has the opportunity to. And that's not something that I'm saying this. And if you don't have that opportunity, that's not most kids don't hold that against their parents at all. But I know that that was something that was really important to y'all to do. And I know that that meant the difference of I know that even at graduations, you were bouncing between like other people's graduations but then you still wanted to make it to our concert in time you always made sure that hey you loved on these kids but you still you never did not show attention to the ones you had at home and that is so important because that's hard and again you bring home everything and if you are bringing home something that's negative then they're gonna see that well, you you mentioned some great things so far. I mean, the idea is, number one, is to find some people for your students, for your children mm-hmm. in this process. Uh, number two, you talked about um, remember that your example is huge. I mean, that is incredibly important. What you're living out in your home as a student pastor, your kids see it. They are watching you. Um, and that on really that starts as early, just as early as one and up. I mean, it, yeah. It, she, Cat and Riley would see the example their entire life, and so it needed to be real. Um, and then the the third thing that you mentioned was this idea of balancing, balancing family and ministry, and that is that is difficult. It is hard, um, and we've have talked about that on a previous podcast. Um, and you know it's just it is difficult to do that and to do that well but it is incredibly important and so if you can make it to those concerts those games those events for your child do it by all means do it and again there are going to be times when you're not going to be able to and you're going to have to make a a choice uh, but no and let your child know that always that yeah. they're the priority. Yeah. They're the priority. So those those are some things. What else you got? Um, I mean, like I mentioned too, I think something that, again, is so often glossed over is that, hey, I mean, like you said, I 100% believe I was raised in it and I'm so thankful for it. You can definitely do ministry and have kids. And I actually encourage it. I loved, I loved watching you do those things. I loved listening to your lessons and listening to those things. But remember also that, hey, this is a decision y'all made. This is a decision you felt called to. And I'm, you know, it is so important. You need to be listening to the Lord before you're listening to the opinion of your kids. But um, when you're going into these ministries, this is something you're feeling led to. And your kids are going to go with you. I mean, if they're very young, they don't they don't have a chance to say no. I'm very thankful that 
you know, even as we got older, you still asked for our opinion in these things. You asked for our discernment in these things. But um, ultimately, it was still your calling. And since you're the spiritual leader of our home, we were going to follow you. But your children in these situations didn't get to pick, hey, I want my dad to be my youth pastor. Mm-hmm. Hey, I want my yeah. mom to be my youth worker. That's not how that works. Um, so when these kids get in situations that they get frustrated, because they're going to come up. And even if it's just yeah. you're talking about these lessons about respecting your parents. And I'm sitting here after we had an argument about where we're going to get dinner after church. And I'm annoyed <laughs> with you or my grades or something like that. Just stupid things. But your kids didn't pick this. They didn't say, I want this. So I think in a lot of ways, it's going to require extra patience, but sometimes that's needed because it's hard. It is. In a lot of ways, I love being a PK, but like I said, whether it's self-appointed or just expectations other people have, they are real. There's a really good book. I don't remember who it's by, but it's just called Pastor's Kid, and I really encourage listeners to read it if you can well we'll put a link to that in the show notes i think she's referring to a book by barnabas piper yeah um and she had a chance to read that it was handed to her uh by, by a friend workers. of ours yeah by by one of our our uh, volunteers in our student ministry and i'm just thrilled you know that that's out there but can't you really raise a great point is just being being open and listening to your students, as in your own children. Listen to what they're going through. Because Riley, my son, had had some issues along the way with other people and other children and other students in the ministry that would occasionally react in strange ways, thinking that he was the, the favored child yeah. in student ministry. And and so he, you know, he, he would get a little bullied every once in a while from it. it was, that is a hundred percent real. That's something I forgot to mention, but it really is. Yeah. And so be listening to your kids because those weird things may pop up and you have to navigate that as a parent, um, as, as the youth pastor and as a parent and, at, you know, it's just a weird combination of events. And in his case, he was able to, to handle that well. Um, that's not always the case. Sometimes it takes a little bit more involvement and it can be stressful. Uh, but man, there's just a, there's some good positive things about being able to do this as a family. So Kat, you got anything else for, for the, for the student ministry workers out there? I mean, I know like it ended with, oh, these are the negatives and these are the things that like you have to make sure you're doing, but at the end of the day, I am so thankful that I was raised as a pastor's kid and that I was raised in ministry. I think that is, I tell my friends this a lot. Like, I have a couple friends who are in serious relations relationships with people who are going into the ministry. And I tell each of them the biggest blessing I ever had in my life was being a part of a ministry growing up and being a part of it and knowing from such a young age what service looks like Hmm. and how I can have that in my life and just I'm so thankful for it like there's always times everything has positive and negative but if you are actively saying hey sometimes it isn't always fun but 
there's always good things about it. And if you are actively looking for the good things and pointing them out to your kids and to your family and taking the time to say, wow, isn't this a cool thing that we're doing this together? Then it's, I think that that is going to move mountains because it did in my life. And again, it was one of my favorite parts of growing up in this house was doing that and going on these trips and having cool pictures of us as a family at the Dallas Zoo and at these different (laughs) things. Just, we had so many opportunities that most people wouldn't, but just sitting there in a seat and knowing that you you were leading this ministry and we were all in this ministry together, it meant the world and it still does. Being a PK is 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 not an easy thing, <laughs> and because there's a lot of lot of expectation, there's a lot of sometimes negative expectation. Yeah. The thought is, well, that PK is you know crazy, um, <laughs> and they're gonna do wild yeah. things. Little or rebel they, child. The re- exactly the rebel child, or you know they don't want to get the PKs and the the DKs, the Deacons kids together because <laughs> yeah. oh that's just horrible. You know, I, I think a lot of it stems from, um, well, I don't know what a lot of that stuff stems from, but what I will say is that you have the ability to shape how your child views the ministry, views your relationship with God, 100%. and you know, and if ministry is your job, your full-time job, uh, there are challenges with that. Um, there are difficulties with that. Uh, but you have that great influence in your own child's uh, reception or understanding of what's happening. And so you need to be positive. And I'm not saying to be a false positive or uh, to just be, because that's hypocrisy. I, I want you to to highlight the good things so that your student, your child, as you go through student ministry, can have a great experience and grow in their faith and grow in understanding and that they can experience all that God has for for them in the church. And so, well, uh, Kat, I appreciate you taking some time uh, for us to talk about these things, for us to, to know a little bit from the inside the mind <laughs> of a PK. <laughs> what a wild place it is. <laughs> I know, I know. There's a lot more that we could get to, and, and we may pull Cat back on here one of these days to talk about some more of this. Uh, but I, I wanted us to just spend a couple of weeks. Last week we talked with David and Margaret Bronson and talked about marriage and student ministry, and their kids are seven and down. And they have four kids, seven and down. Wow. Well, yeah, I know. That's a, that's a <laughs> lot right there. Uh, but with me, I've got two kids that have been through our ministry that have uh, survived having dad as their youth pastor. We are on the other side. Uh, yeah, they're on the <laughs> and other. And still actively choosing that we want to go into ministry, which is the wild card. <laughs> that is, yeah, and that's, that's a but big that, thing. Yeah, I mean, but that goes back to, like you said, just how you shaped us and how you showed us ministry and just being genuine with your kid and saying, this is what it looks like that. I mean, obviously we've loved it enough to want to do it. There was a a key word that you just said, genuine Mm -hmm. that shines through in big ways. And so I just want to encourage you student ministry worker to be genuine with your children. Um, Let them know the, the tough side, 
uh, let them know the positive side and love God fully, completely, and be willing to have spiritual conversations at all sorts of weird hours and times with your own family. You know, (laughs) that is huge. And just to be able to talk through those things and then listen. Oh, man, listen to your kids when they they bring up things and don't just dismiss it and say, well, you're just being you're just being a kid or we got to do this anyway because this is my job. You know, I mean, (laughs) yeah, and there is a side of it, but we have to do it. You know, we do these things and we work through all these things because they're important and we're going to continue this same sort of conversation talking about student ministry and talking about families and ministry and all those things together. Uh, because it's important and we do these things because student ministry matters thanks for listening to the student ministry matters podcast get connected at studentministrymatters.com or follow us on facebook and instagram at student ministry matters until next time keep up the great work with your students because the work matters